energy. So this guy in the fantasy baseball chat is just ripping me. He's calling me names for how I handled my team. Buddy, you had 20 weeks for your own team to play better. Don't be mad at me. The passion. Mac Jones is fighting not just for his Patriots job, but he very well may be fighting for his NFL future. The opinions on all your favorite teams. For the Red Sox, it can't always be about next year. It can't always be about down the road. Where's the team that battles for now? This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Happy Halloween Tuesday here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We are here all 90 minutes. Hopefully you are here with us. Danny is here, 802-585-3026. We go up until 7 o'clock. We've got World Series Game 4 action coming up at that time. First pitch is just after 8. we got a lot to get to today, a lot of good sports talk to get to. Talk about the Patriots, talk about the trade deadline, Celtics win last night. Aaron Deloney is going to stop by the first of our UVM basketball player interviews. Every other week it's going to be Aaron Deloney. The following week it's going to be Emma Utterback from the women's team. So AD stops by today at about 6.30. So we do have a ton to get to. We will uh, take your text as well. We'll also... Have some fun. And as usual, as I do every single time there is a holiday or something resembling a holiday, I'm taking attendance. I want to know who's out there. I want to know if you are with us today because I get it. We're in prime trick-or-treating time. Some of you have kids. Some of you have grandkids. Some of you are constantly attending to your own door to go and hand out candy. So I get it, right? I get it. You may have something else to do today other than us. If you're out there, I want to know it, right? Because – the more texts I get, probably the more traditional sports we'll talk about. If I think it's only me and Danny, the show's going to get kind of zany. Might get kind of zany anyways, but we're taking attendance. Peter and Williston I know is out there. He's already gotten in on the text line about 60 seconds ago. I want to know if you are there. 802-585-3026. It is Halloween night. Danny, it's, just, it's the kind of day that makes me miss Terry Rozier. Would have been a perfect day to watch a scary Scary Terry. Terry. Yeah, it would have been a perfect day to watch Scary Terry play for the Celtics. I don't believe the Hornets are playing today either. What a missed marketing opportunity for the Hornets there to not have Scary Terry playing on Halloween. Although I guess it's good to have your client base able to be home and be able to be out doing Halloween stuff and trick-or-treating, etc. My number one PSA to you all is this, right? Stay safe tonight. Stay safe tonight. Um, you know, be cognizant if you're out on the road. Be cognizant if you are out walking on the road with a trick-or-treater. Do be safe. Take it easy. It's going to get awfully dark, awfully quick. We're not quite there yet, but it is going to get real dark real soon. So do be safe. Um, Tex says, I'm here, but I'm stepping out, but I want to catch Aaron Deloney. Yep, 630 tonight for AD. We're looking forward to him. Kyle in South Burlington, tell us about your favorite Halloween memories as a child. Brady, that's what Kyle says. Um, Danny, let's just have a little fun off the top here. I do want to get to the Patriots momentarily, but are you a big Halloween guy in general? Uh, not anymore. As a kid, I, for sure, like every I, other kid. I am not a big Halloween person now. Um, was I as a kid? Yeah, I guess, but... When I fell out of Halloween, I, I fell out of Halloween. Like, like when did you stop trick-or-treating? Ah, uh, probably 13. Yeah, that's what I feel like I did too. Maybe 14. Um, but it was weird. Usually I think, like, kids want to trick-or-treat, and they kind of have to be, like, talked out of it. Like, the parents saying, okay, you're a little too old to be doing this now. 
I was actually the other way. I wanted to stop. And then I think my parents kind of kept me going in it in part because I had a little brother, right? My little brother was seven years younger than me. So maybe when I was like 13 and he was seven or I was 14 and he was eight, like I, I can't remember if we went out together. Um, but I think I wanted to stop and then they kind of wanted me to keep going with it. Maybe so we could, I don't know, have some pictures together. I could go out with him. I could keep safe all the above. I'm not sure, but I think I stopped at 13 or 14. When I stopped, I definitely fell out of love with Halloween. Um, I'm not a big costume guy. I'm not very artistic. So the idea of, like, making my own costume is never something I've been able to do and never something that appealed to me. So I like Halloween a little more now as I'm older, right, the decorations and the things that you have and doing stuff to the yard or to the apartment, carving pumpkins and all that kind of stuff. Um, I got to say, my heart was broken the other day, Danny, because I, I carved a pumpkin. I, I could not figure out how to etch a pumpkin, by the way. That was my number one goal this year was to learn how to etch a pumpkin, which is not really – you don't carve it all the way through. You just kind of scrape away the outer layer. I couldn't figure out how to do that. So I ended up carving three pumpkins, two big ones and one tiny one. And I carved a pumpkin the other day, and I thought it was really good. I sent it to three different people. Nobody knew what it was, and neither did Jess. My mom thought it was a football helmet. Jess had, didn't even have an idea, and my buddy said, what the hell is that? It was a cat looking at the moon. That was what my – I'm going to send – Danny, I know you're on the other side of the glass right now. I'm going to send you a text as we talk, and I'm going to send you a picture of this. Now, I wish I had not told you what it was before sending it to you, but – I'll try to forget. Yes. I believe it looks like a cat looking at the moon, and – Nobody got it. And I'm really upset because, like, I had a stencil. Like, I didn't freehand draw this. I had a stencil. I thought I did it perfectly, and not one person could figure it out. Like, I did a perfect Snoopy a couple years ago. I did a Woodstock. I'm a big Peanuts fan. Last year I did a Pac-Man pumpkin, which was awesome. Um, But this one I thought was some of my best work, and nobody understood it. To be honest, I wouldn't understand this at first look either. Now that I've told you what it is, can you get it? Yes, but it's not something I would have thought of right away. So maybe if there was like a candle in there and it was like, you know, a shadow, maybe I would see it better. Well, I, I'm very disappointed. Like, like everyone else in my life, apparently, you don't appreciate great art. Oh, I appreciate it, but, uh, it's abstract. <laughs> well, I sent you another one of my Pac-Man pumpkin from last year. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, see, and that's very easy too. That's about as easy as it gets. Is that so. a bat, the other one? The other one was a bat, which was also good. So, good. Uh, you know, that, that, I'm a big, I like to use the stencils. Um, Danny, were you particularly creative uh, when your Halloween costumes? Um, maybe when I was younger, but that was probably my mom making one for me. So, do you remember going as anything specific? Um, generic baseball player. I'm sure I did a couple times. Always, always generic. I was always a baseball player or a football player. I was Fred Flintstone one year. Or no, Barney Rubble one year. My cousin was Fred Flintstone. That's like really one of the only tandem ones I did. I was a magician one year. That was something I could do easily, like a little cape, a little top hat, and a wand. I feel like that I might have done that one too. That was something I could pull off. Um, I don't remember anything else beyond that. But uh, yeah, not a huge Halloween guy. Are you a Are you a scary movie guy? Not not so much. I'm not opposed to them, but I don't seek them out. I guess. They have been on, like, Halloween movies have been on since the 1st of October. Jess loves Halloween movies. Loves them. Like, and it can be all forms of Halloween movies. It doesn't matter if they're, like, 
gory movies or psychological thrillers. She loves all things Halloween. I have seen Halloween in all of its forms like 15 times this month. Like, I am so over Halloween itself, the movie, that, like, the Halloween movie itself. Like, I, it's on every day. Every day. It's Halloween, Jeepers Creepers, uh, you know, Freddy versus Jason, Saw. I, I can't stand in the same room when Saw is around. But The Exorcist, like, I, I these movies are on every day. I watch The Exorcist every year with my dad. Um, we're not all, you know, we're not together um, a lot of the time because, you know, I'm here and he's uh, back at home. So we've watched it virtually together the last couple of years. I love watching The Exorcist. I think that's a great movie. The Old Omen is awesome. Shining is good. But, the, yeah, not a big scary movie guy. I don't do blood. I do not do blood well. So not uh, not really for me. Um, here's an interesting Were You you weren't a troublemaker, kid, were you? Not really, no. So we have one big tree at my parents' house, and my dad did a lot of leaf raking today, right? And so this leaf, like this tree is like really massively lost a lot of its leaves, I guess, over the course of like the last three days. So I guess he filled six lawn bags today. And it's so weird. I don't know if other towns like around us, Danny, do it this way. But like growing up for me, lawn collection was always Monday. Like Monday morning was when the trash guy came, the recycling guy came, and the lawn guy came. Well, somehow in the last few years, apparently, my parents' neighborhood or my parents' town has gone to lawn collection being on Wednesday. So, like, you mow the lawn on the weekend, and then the grass clippings have to sit out for three or four days getting rained on or whatever, which is completely obnoxious. So today he's like, okay, well, tomorrow's Wednesday, so i got to go out and do the leaves. So he does the leaves, six lawn bags, puts the lawn bags all at the end of the driveway, and then he's like, you know what, i got to bring them up. I'm like, why do you have to bring them up? The lawn guy, The lawn guy's going to come tomorrow morning. And he goes, well, because the kids are going to knock them down. I go, what kids are these? Like, what kids are knocking down lawn bags for fun on Halloween? Apparently, a lot of the troublemaking kids might do this. You know, egging houses and things like that I had heard of. But knocking down lawn bags? I hadn't thought of that one, but I guess he's probably right. That's a new one to me. I guess he's probably right, though. You know, it, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, again, the more vile things, the toilet papering trees and knocking over mailboxes, that kind of stuff, you know. I expect to see some of that stuff on Halloween, as vile as it is. I hadn't really thought of knocking over lawn bags, but I think he's probably right. I think he is probably right. So um, I guess it's a good move that he's doing that. Texter says, I don't do scary movies. I saw the last one I saw was Hills Have Eyes. I was scarred ever since. Yeah, I, I said yesterday somewhere, I saw Hostel back in the day. I That's a movie I don't even want to think about. I don't even want to think about it. I don't, I don't do blood, and I don't do broken bones danny like and like so like if i was watching a show like you know you think about like a cop show or a fire rescue show or a med show and somebody like has broken a leg or something i'm out i I can't watch it i gotta turn my head i very weak stomach and i understand it's real life like part of me like well i mean it's a television show like this stuff could happen in real life you kind of have to be able to stomach it i don't have any desire to try to test myself and try to stomach this stuff i have Absolutely no desire for that. So. I'm in this weird place where I want to see the replay of that whatever player that actually breaks something, but I don't really oh, want to see it. I I will – if there's a big – that's a good point. If there's a big sports injury, I will watch it one time if it's something that I know I have to have seen. I will watch it one time. With and then one beyond, eye open. With one eye open. And then beyond that, I will not watch it. 
I never saw, I was, I'll never forget this. I was driving back from Connecticut. I'd gone to Connecticut the year I was working at Norwich. I was, I was driving back from Connecticut. I was listening to the NCAA tournament on the radio and I was somewhere in Vermont at this time. And this was 2013. So 2013, uh, NCAA tournament. Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. I did, I've never seen it. To this day, I've never seen it. Kevin Ware at Louisville, they were playing against Duke. I will never forget where I was and what the matchup was. I listened to it. I heard the call live. I heard everybody talk about how gruesome it was. I've never seen the Kevin Ware injury. It's a decade later. Never watched it. We'll never watch it. The still shots are even worse. Um, the Gordon Hayward injury, I, I was watching the game live, right? That was opening night a handful of years ago for the Celtics against the Cavs. It was Tatum's rookie year. We're probably talking like six years ago at this point. So because of Tatum, like I was really invested in watching the Celtics on opening night. They had just gotten Kyrie and they had just gotten Hayward. So they were certainly, uh, no, they didn't have Kyrie yet. I don't think they did not have Kyrie yet, as I remember correctly, but they had Tatum and Hayward gets hurt and I watched it. Saw the replay. I'm like, I'm never going to watch that again. Willis, the Willis McGahee, Danny, do you, do you remember Willis McGahee? Remember him. I don't remember his major injury. So this one was the 2001, I believe, national championship game. It was the 2001 season, 2002. Miami. Yeah, 2002, the year. Miami's playing Ohio State. McGahee is run, and McGahee was the best running back in the country. McGahee was running in the middle of the field. He got hit by a tackler. His The tackler's helmet went into McGahee's knee. McGahee's knee went backwards, and McGahee kept going forwards. So I I saw that one live. I saw the replay. I don't ever need to see it again. And McGahee was so good, he actually got drafted still in the first round the next year by Buffalo and missed the entirety of his rookie season, but they still drafted him in the first round because he was that good in that dynamic. Um you know, pitchers getting hit in the head by line drives really scares me. As a former pitcher, it really scares me. Um, so I will watch something. I will watch those highlights live, or I will watch those highlights, rather, but I will not want, make a point to watch them more than once. Like when Tanner Houck got hit in the face this year for the Red Sox against the Yankees, I was listening to the game at the time. I watched the replay once, never again. I do not need to see this stuff. Um, Tech says... Joe Theismann, yeah, I, I I saw the Theismann injury, like... YouTube. Yeah, Theismann was playing for Washington. I saw the video of that, but I was too young to, quote, appreciate it. Like, I didn't realize how gross it was at the time, and I hadn't quite developed this affliction to all things nasty yet. Uh, Alex Smith's injury, will not watch it. I... I did not need to see Alex Smith's injury. Alex Smith did not play for a team that I cared about. He did not play for a team that I covered. I did not need to see it. Um, you know, Hayward I had to watch. Hauk I felt like I had to see given the teams that we talked about. But I, I don't, if I, if it's not a team that I need to talk about, I don't need to see it. Um, Tex says, we used to jump into bags of leaves on Halloween and sometimes you'd majorly regret it because sometimes there was dog crap in there. There you go. It serves you right. I guess my dad's right. I guess my dad's right to be hiding his, his leaf bags. I didn't think there was any, uh, I didn't think there was any reason for him to do this, but evidently there was. Um, all right. 802-585-3026. We'll have some more fun. Talk about some more kind of off topic things. We do have Aaron Deloney coming up at 630, UVM men's basketball star. So we'll have him. Uh, Danny, I want you to do me a favor. We forgot something. 
what did we forget? Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. Good call. The opening thoughts of the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swat Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center. Locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Rouse's Point, New York, also Swan Lumber. They're online at sixandstuff.com. Danny, I want you to do me a favor today. I want you to uh, pull up the list, and I want you to read every move the Patriots made at the trade deadline for me. I want. I will give you time to pull up the list. I want you to read every move the Patriots made here at the NFL trade deadline. Trade deadline is about an hour and 45 minutes ago. Um Right? A bunch of teams made moves. Danny, can you read to me all the moves the Patriots did? Long list, Brady. Well, start now. Go ahead. I'm ready. Oh, it's blank. Oh, it's blank. The two and six Patriots didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Oh, that's right. You know, I, I told you from the start I am not in favor of tanking. I do not want the Patriots to tank. I do not want... Um, the Patriots to intentionally lose games. I do not want the organization to be okay with losing. That said, you've missed an opportunity here to help yourself in the future. By not doing something at the trade deadline, you have missed an opportunity. You have. You are not going to the playoffs. That was made abundantly clear by what happened on Sunday in your loss against Miami. You are not going to the playoffs. Therefore, you should be thinking to some degree about the future. I get it, right? Belichick's trying to protect his own skin, so he'd like to win as many games as possible, so he doesn't want to sell off the farm. Fine. Robert Kraft or Jonathan Kraft or someone needs to come in and say, hey, we need to think about the future here. You don't want to give away everybody? Fine. But somebody could have been dealt. We read reports that teams were interested in Josh Uche. You know what? Josh Uche hadn't played for the Patriots in the last couple of weeks, so he hasn't really been a big part of what's going on for you. He could have been dealt because you've gotten a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick. You need talent. You need young talent. You need game changers. You need multiple bodies. You need to throw darts at the problems and hope that you can connect. You need draft picks. You need young players. And you held on to all of these guys that I have no idea if they're going to be part of your future. Right? I love Kyle Duggar. I'd like Kyle Duggar to be signed here long term. I don't know if they do. If he's not part of the future, could you have dealt him for a fourth-round pick? Could you have dealt Jabril Peppers, a guy who's older, who's almost 30? He's certainly not part of your future long term. Does somebody want Juju Smith-Schuster and willing to take part of his contract? I have no idea. Could you have done that? What about Devontae Parker? You're telling me there wasn't any moves to make that could have helped this team for the future in some capacity? It's a missed opportunity. Don't give away everybody. And don't just give away players. I understand. But there was an opportunity today to get better for the future and to give the organization maybe some salary relief and some draft picks and or both. And you didn't take any of it. Why? Because you're too proud? I don't know. Right? We read they were getting calls on Ezekiel Elliott. What, what do the Patriots need Ezekiel Elliott for? Right? Does Ezekiel Elliott even want to be with the Patriots at this point? Right? We, we see Belichick do right by Cam and do right by veterans all the time. Why not do right by Zeke? Let him go back to Dallas if he wanted to. Let him go somewhere else where there's a chance for him to go and win a Super Bowl, which he's never done before. He ain't doing it here. Right? The Patriots no longer need Ezekiel Elliott. He was a good signing when they made it. He's been surprisingly good, I think, for them. There was a market for him, allegedly. He chose not to take it. 
Why? Right, running back is the easiest position to find in the NFL. You have Ramondre Stevenson, knock on wood, he's been healthy. You have Ty Montgomery there on the roster doing what? Nothing but returning kicks, apparently. You got other guys out there on your practice squad. You got guys you're making in. I mean, there's not, there's running, there's running back options out there. You could trade Zeke and sign a running back off someone else's practice squad. If someone is going to give you a fifth or a sixth round pick for Zeke, why not? Help him, help yourself. No reason to have him on this roster still. I didn't want to trade Unwayno. I don't want to trade, you know, John Jones, right? Guys at positions of real value, but redundant positions and or running back, you didn't make a move. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. You know what the other thing that's frustrating is, Danny? What's that? That the Patriots have evidently screwed up Mac Jones so much that they did not field one call on him reportedly. One call. It's one thing if a team calls, offers you a seventh-round pick, and you say no. At least then you've got an offer. The Patriots allegedly got no offers on Mac Jones. This is a guy who played at Alabama. This is a guy who was playing in the college football playoff. This is a guy who finished in the top five for the Heisman Trophy. This is a guy who was a first-round draft pick who's on a rookie contract for multiple more years. And they could not get one call on him. What does that tell you about the state of the New England Patriots, right? I guarantee you that somebody, like, like Trey Lance, who was damaged goods in the offseason, Dallas wanted him, right? Trey Lance, who had barely played a game in the NFL, coming off missing the entirety of the season practically, who had barely played in two years, the Dallas Cowboys wanted him on their roster. Nobody wanted Mac Jones. What does that tell you about what the Patriots have done to him? What they did to him last year, what they've done to him this year, how he's regressed. The Minnesota Vikings are a team that was about to go to the prom. And there was a perfect, and they were single. They're desperate for a date. They didn't call the Patriots for Mac Jones. They would rather have Joshua Dobbs than call Mac Jones. Call the Patriots about Mac. What a sad state of affairs. Again, it's one thing if you get an offer and you don't want to deal him because you didn't feel there was enough value there. Jeff Howe of the Athletics says the Patriots did not get any offers on him. Right? I'm going to pull up the exact wording of the tweet. Okay? Jeff Howe of the Athletic. Mm. Despite some speculation, the Patriots have not received any trade calls for Mac Jones. Have not received any. Teams are desperate for quarterback play. Playoff teams are desperate for quarterback play. Teams are desperate for backup quarterbacks that can play. Right? Atlanta needs a quarterback. Didn't want Mac. Right? They're, they're content with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Okay. Minnesota needs a quarterback in the worst way. They, they went and got Joshua Dobbs. Okay. Nobody else wants Mac. What? Cleveland. Right? We have no idea what's up with Deshaun Watson. They started P.J. Walker, who was playing in the XFL. I see Browns fans upset that they didn't get Joshua Dobbs. They didn't call about Mac Jones. How is this possible? Because you have apparently screwed up this kid so bad that his reputation is down to nothing as a player. It's a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Right? First-round picks 
have a lot of pedigree and have a very long leash. And Mac Jones can't get a phone call. I don't get it. Well, I do get it. What they've done to him. How they've screwed him up. How they've made him look bad or put him in his position to look bad. And now he has run with it and looks bad. I told you yesterday the Patriots should be willing to trade Mac Jones to the Minnesota Vikings. It turns out that's not even, that was never even an option. Because people just don't want the kid. Right? Jeff Howe says they got calls on Uche. They got calls on Ezekiel Elliott. He even says they made some calls on Chase Young. Shockingly, why? I have no idea why. But they allegedly made some calls on Chase Young about acquiring a guy. Didn't get anything. Did got no calls at all on Mac. Zero calls at all. 802-585-3026. The moves that were made at the NFL trade deadline from a national perspective look like they may be fairly impactful for teams. Right? Um, Let me pull up my, my full list here. So Chase Young goes to San Francisco. I think that's huge, right? You pair Chase Young with Bosa and Armstead and Ken Law, uh, I mean, and Hargrave. I mean, the Niners defensive line is just a swarm of great players. The Bears go get Montez Sweat also from Washington. Looks like they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. They would have to, right? They gave up a second-round pick for a rental player. Why would you do that if you're the Bears who are not contending? They would have to figure you're going to get him to a long-term deal. Leonard Williams fortifies the interior for Seattle. The arms race is on in the NFC West. Kevin Byard goes to Philly. Josh Dobbs goes to Minnesota. Rasul Douglas, a defensive back, goes to Buffalo. Those are the big moves that were made. Um, Patriots sat it out. Another year, the Patriots do largely nothing, right? There was the one year a couple years ago they acquired Mohamed Sanu. They brought back Jamie Collins 984 times, who's finally retired. They just, they sat it out. They missed an opportunity to get better. They missed an opportunity to get better for the future. You didn't have to blow up the entire thing. You didn't have to give away every great asset because you don't want to embarrass yourself in the, down the road here this season. I get that. You want to play representative football. Did you need every safety on your roster? Did you need Zeke? I don't think so. If there was an offer there, I would have strongly considered it. Evidently, the Patriots decided not to do anything. And here they are at 2-6. and six. And, Danny, they're going to end up in the middle ground. They really are. The Patriots are not good enough to win enough games to get to the playoffs. And they're not going to be bad enough to bottom out and get the top pick. They're not. They're, they're, they're going to finish, I think, with five to six wins would be my guess. Five to six wins would be my guess. And as a result, they're going to get, you know, number eight pick or so. And I, that's fine. They can still get a quarterback at that point, but they're not going to get a top quarterback. And again, I don't want them to tank. I don't want them to tank for number one, but they were in a position where they could have done that. They didn't do anything, right? They're going to play Washington now next week without sweat and without young. I think they probably win that game. I think they probably win against Washington at home. They're going to go to Germany and they're going to play the Colts. They should win that game. The Giants don't look very good. They can win that game, right? That would get them to five wins. Then Pittsburgh, maybe, man, Denver, maybe, Jets, maybe. They, they could win. They could win six games here, but they're going to end up in the middle ground. It's just the whole thing is frustrating. How the season's gone is frustrating. How they handled the deadline is frustrating. That nobody wants Mac is frustrating because they have screwed him up so much. Uh, the whole thing is frustrating. Glenn says, I'm 65 years old. My go-to candy is Skittles. 
Uh, I agree with you. I said Skittles are one of my favorite Halloween candies a couple of days ago. Good memory. Glenn, Skittles are awesome. The purple bag of Skittles are the best, the tropical fruit Skittles. Um, Do you like sour? No. I like sour stuff. I don't like, I don't care for sour Skittles. Like they're good, but like I don't, I would never get them on my own. If they were in front of me, I'd eat them, but I would never get them on my own. Uh, Starburst Skittles, those are absolutely my go-to candies if I was in the store and I make an impulse buy. Starburst, I tend to pass on because they have too many wrappers, and that annoys me, but uh, they are delicious, especially the pink ones and the red ones. Skittles, phenomenal, especially the purple bag. I used to go, or I always go over right across the street uh, from us, Danny, right here on Main Street. There's like a little, like a golf station that always had, they used to have purple Skittles. Now the purple Skittles are actually almost discontinued at this point, so, uh, but those are the best ones, so uh, there you go. You can send me your candy hot takes uh, for the rest of the show. If Top five like. lists. Everyone. Top five candies. Here we go. Text says, after the Patriots ruin Mac, do Patriots fans trust Belichick Check and company to succeed with another first-round quarterback so soon? It's a good question. You know what? We'll address that on the other side of the CBS News update. That's a great question. We will get to it next. Coming up on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Also, uh, Danny, your Celtics, my Celtics with a big win yesterday in Washington. We'll talk about what we saw, although I'm sure you saw more of it than me. We'll talk about that as well after CBS News here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Aaron Deloney, UVM men's basketball standout, is going to be with us at 6.30. Remember, every single Tuesday at 6.30, we're talking to Deloney or Emma Utterback of the women's team. So they're going to alternate weeks uh, going on here down the road through the rest of the season. So AD going to be with us every other week the rest of the year. Emma Utterback is going to join us next week and be with us every other week through the rest of the year. So we're looking forward to this partnership with Catamount Hoops and getting ready to really kind of dig deep on the team as we get uh, get going here in the season. Men's team has a scrimmage game tomorrow against St. Mike's. They already played one on Saturday against Catholic. So Aaron Deloney with us here in about 25 minutes. Danny, interesting question I just saw on social media at the commercial break. It says, parents, do you let your kids eat candy as they trick-or-treat or do you wait until your kids get home and you have examined the candy? So, Danny, I'll flip that question for you. Did you ever eat candy as you were trick-or-treating? And did your parents ever need to look at your candy to examine it uh, when you got home? I never got candy inspection, but we definitely waited until we got home, dump it all on the floor, and pick out your favorite. Yeah, I always, I never wanted to eat it as I went. I didn't even... I wasn't always even conscious of what I was getting, right? Because some, some places would stick out the bowl, and then you could really kind of pick through and grab what you wanted. Other people would just hand stuff, right? So I didn't always even know what I was getting, so I didn't necessarily have the ability to think on the fly about, oh, okay, I just got purple Skittles. Now I want to eat those right now before we get to the next house. You're just kind of always on to the next. So the idea of eating candy as you go never even crossed my mind. I did have to get my candy examined, though. And I don't know what my parents were looking for, but it did need to get looked at, right? I don't know if they were – and this is serious, right? As sick as it is, I don't know if they were thinking that maybe, like, it it had been poisoned, like something could have been poisoned, or just if there was a wrapper that was undone and something might have been dirty and they didn't want me to eat it both. I don't know. But they definitely did look at my candy 
and examine uh, examine it. I also think maybe as I got older, and I mean like 13 or so, and this could be a case for some parents too, like if your kids have braces or something that you, the parent, are paying thousands of dollars for, there very well may be certain things you don't want them eating that they might not care about. Well, right? I like broke all I, the braces rules. Oh, I broke a lot of the braces. I was really good with the braces for a while, but then I became really bad. Like, you know, I think you're always kind of on your best behavior the first couple of months or whatever, and you're always on like your best behavior. Week. Yeah, like right before you go to the orthodontist, okay, have I brushed well? Have I used all these tools they gave me? Okay, am I good shape here? But I remember I wasn't supposed to have sunflower seeds. That killed me as a baseball player. I definitely did that. Uh, Skittles, popcorn, uh, all that stuff you weren't supposed to eat, all that stuff that I did. Um, but, you know, like I remember like taffy being something that was really not good for you to have had when you had braces. So if you got, if you're someone that got taffy and you had braces, I could see your parents maybe not wanting you to do that, maybe picking out some of those things. Um, Danny, so you had braces. I did. Okay. For how long and when? Oh, it was probably three years. Uh, high school, college? High school. It was probably 14 to 16, 17 almost. I had braces twice. Wow. And I still need them again. What happened? Uh, well, I happened. That's what, so, Oof. um, I got braces in middle school. I couldn't tell you exactly when. I feel like it was maybe like eighth to tenth grade, somewhere in that range. Maybe eighth to tenth grade. Um, maybe it was eighth to ninth. I don't remember. I don't know that it was three years, but I definitely had them in middle school and in high school. And so I got, I had them and I was given a, when I was done, I had them on my top and bottom teeth, right? Did you have them top and bottom or just one or the other? Okay. So I had them on the top and bottom and I had them from eighth or ninth grade, eighth and 10th grade, something like that. So I was given a plastic retainer, right? kind of looked like a mouthpiece. And eventually, like you're supposed to wear this retainer every night. Eventually, like the retainer broke. Like it just broke apart. And it was, you know, because you're biting down on it all the time. You're sleeping in it. And eventually, like I remember getting little holes in the bottom of it where my teeth would have compressed it. And so when it broke, I didn't get a new one. Right. Like I didn't know. I don't even know that I knew if you could get a new one or not. So when it broke, I stopped wearing it. So I didn't didn't have a retainer going for two or three more years. And then I went to college and I just needed them on my bottom because they had shifted again from not wearing the retainer for like two years. So in college, freshman year, I got braces again. And. I had them for like a year and my teeth went back like they're supposed to and they worked well and you couldn't really see them. They weren't really invasive to my life because again, they were on the bottom and my lip was covering it. No big deal. And then I got a retainer again and this one was a metal one. This was better, but then eventually it broke also. So over time it broke. I stopped wearing it. So now here we are 15 years later and my teeth have shifted again in the way they were before. So, if I want to do this right, I need braces a third time, and I need, like, a, a super permanent retainer. 
Don't know that I'm going to get braces again. Don't know that I'm going to get a retainer again. Or, or if they, what advancements in retainer technology there have been since then. But yes, I have had braces twice and could stand for them a third time as well. See, I was bad with the retainer as well. Oh, the, get, being bad with the retainer was the worst because like you wouldn't wear it for like three days and then you'd put it on and it would really hurt. And then like everything would correct yourself. You'd be good for like another day or two and then you wouldn't wear it for four days. And then again, like eventually, it, it gets so painful to put back on, and then eventually it wears away. Both of those things happened to me, and it ended up, yeah. So I, I had braces twice. Definitely could stand for them a third time also. I got to the um, point where I had to wear it at night, and that was not comfortable to wake up to a sore mouth. Oh, terrible. Um, Texter says, one year our seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. Duggan, was on our trick-or-treat route, and he stole candy out of our bags pretending to add to the collection. That was hilarious. That's like the fun teacher. Like he goes around and he's on your trick-or-treat route and he's taking your your uh, candy out of you like the Hamburglar. Tex says, uh, my brother put all his candy in his closet. After I ate mine, I went and took his. There you go. So that, that that's brotherly love. Did right you have there. the person in your neighborhood that handed out apples? No, but I've gotten weird stuff before, right? Like pennies, uh Dental floss, like all those kind of got Cheetos before boring things. Cheetos are fine. I like that's Cheetos. fine, but yeah, not really not Halloween. Halloween stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I tell you what, I didn't like was candy corn and milk duds. I have, I appreciate milk duds more now in life, but I don't. I didn't appreciate milk duds then. Tootsie rolls, love Tootsie rolls. Another non braces favorite, but uh, another bad for braces candy. But I do, I love to. I really so Skittles and Starburst are my favorite. Beyond that, I love milk chocolate. We're talking Milky Way, Three Musketeers, Kit Kat, Kit Kat. Um, also a big fan. They used to have it. Used to be the Hundred Grand Bar. Those are good. They've got a new name now. The Hundred Grand is called something different. Um, but uh, that was a real good. That was a, a favorite of mine as well. Joe says Snickers is a go-to. I like Snickers, not as much as Milky Way. Danny, when you would get a candy bar like Milky Way or Three Musketeers, would you eat the whole thing or, like, would you eat the whole thing bite by bite or would you, like, just take off the the, the shell and then be left with just the chocolate at the end? I would just eat it like a, like a normal person? No, I would I would eat around the edge. You monster. I would eat around the edge and um, get off the kind of the harder chocolate casing and then be left with just the soft chocolate on the inside. So it was just that. Oh, that was the best. It's like the way the kid, kids eat Oreos. I, I could never do that. I don't know why. What, taking the Oreos? Like, yeah. Like, and separating like, them? Yeah, like, and, like, putting against your teeth. And, and I, I just didn't like watching that. If I was dunking an Oreo, then I'm good, right? Like, dunking an Oreo is fine. But if I'm just eating an Oreo on its own, generally like to separate it, right, into the the, the cream piece and the, the two edge pieces. That's fine, I guess, but I, I, I don't know. I just didn't do that. Other text says, my grandpa was a dentist, so my mom did hand out apples and trident gum. We always feared reprisals like windows being broken. My favorite Halloween candy was 100 Grand Bars and Charleston Chew Minis. I've never had a Charleston Chew. Yeah, 100 Grand Bar. i got to figure out what those are called because... They definitely have a different name now, or maybe, maybe now they're called a hundred grand, but it used to be called something different. 
it definitely did used to be a different name. I, I, it has not always been a, was it called the, someone help me out. Was it called the thousand dollar bar or something? And then it became a hundred grand. It was definitely something. Um, Google says it used to be the hundred thousand dollar bar. Okay. The hundred thousand dollar bar. And then it became a hundred grand. That sounds right. There you go. Um, all right. 802-585-3026. Danny, where are you at, by the way, in your Seinfeld watching? Oh, only three, four more episodes since we last spoke. What have you seen most recently? Um, you're putting me on the spot here. I can't remember a thing. Okay. I mean, that's not good. Hold no, on. it's not great. I need to see an episode description. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, so, I watched it, I swear. So you just probably, did you see the one at the airport yet? Yes, yes. Where yep. jo- Jerry has to go to first class and Elaine gets stuck in coach? Yes. That one is an excellent one. Great, that, great That's episode. one of my favorites. So that's a very good one. Season four, episode 12. On this note, I promise I will answer Peter's question here in a minute, but I told you it's a little zany on Halloween. On the sitcom note, I, I just want to give my minute here to Matthew Perry. Um, all of you, I'm sure, saw this over the weekend by now. Matthew Perry, who played Chandler on Friends, died over the weekend at the age of 54, uh, drowning in a hot tub um, at his home outside of, or, you know, in and around Los Angeles. Um, you know, that that's a big loss for me. That's a big loss for me. Um, you know, the older you get, the more you're going to see people pass, right? Athletes, actors, musicians, right? We're going through this a lot, right? They always say they come in threes and, I can't name someone off the top of my head who has passed recently, but there's certainly a lot of them out there, right? Athletes, actors, um, musicians, and people that my dad liked. You know, there will be someone that seems to pass every couple of months. And being now 34, I I haven't seen a lot of that yet. But this one got me the other day. This one got me the other day. I love Friends. Well, Friends, I don't like as much as Seinfeld, and I don't like as much as The Big Bang Theory. I still will watch Friends most every night. Right? Like Friends is on at a time of night that works for me. It's on like from 9 p.m. until like 3 in the morning. So after sports is done and after Jess is asleep, I'll throw on Friends and fall asleep to it. And, you know, it'll be midnight and these episodes will be on. Like I, these episodes are permanently on loop in my brain. And, uh, Chandler was, I, I think a brilliant character in that show, a brilliant actor on that show. Um, some of the most memorable line, memorable lines in that show are from, Chandler, the character of Chandler and Matthew Perry. So uh, rest in peace to him. Certainly was an awesome actor and someone who gave me a lot of memories and still continues to give a lot of memories. And beyond his acting, you know, he struggled with addiction, um, something I don't have a lot of experience with. So I, you know, never really needed to pay attention to his work there. But I have learned how kind of influential he was in battling addiction and helping people. And even though he couldn't always help himself, he did say, I'm proud of my ability to help others. So um, really leaves behind a, uh, a a great legacy in a lot of ways. And uh, one, I'll continue to keep watching these episodes and always smiling at them fondly. Danny, you're not really a Friends fan, are you? Not really, no. Um, I had heard of him, but I haven't are, seen many episodes of Friends. Are you, I was going to say, are you in the just haven't seen many episodes camp, or I just don't think it's funny camp? Well, the couple episodes I've seen, I didn't really laugh that much, but if I gave it a second chance i'm sure i might find it a little more funny 
there is a group of people that don't think Friends is funny, and I find those people to be objectionable. Um, I think Friends is hilarious. Now, I have said from the start, right, we talked about jumping the shark last week. I think that Friends seasons one through four are phenomenal. Season five is iffy, and I think seasons six through nine are very, very average to below average. Like, I don't love those storylines as they got older. But seasons one through four are incredible, and he's an incredibly integral part of that. So uh, rest in peace to Matthew Perry, dead at the age of 54. Um, Texter says Chandler was the funniest character on Friends. Um, after Phoebe, he was the best character. Also, uh, we are watching season nine of Seinfeld right now. Um, and, uh, he's making some references to it, Danny. I don't want to spoil him for you, so you have to get to No, I already wrong. read some of it, but you're I'll try long, to forget. You're a long way away from season nine. I think you'll probably forget that. So, uh, 802-585-3026. All right. I want to get to Peter and Willis's question. If the Patriots pick a quarterback next year, do you trust this staff to develop them? I do, but I need Bill Belichick to handle the mental side differently, right? I believe that Bill O'Brien, if he's here, knows quarterback play. And I believe that Bill O'Brien could make a quarterback good, right? We've seen some elements from Mac that we like. We have seen, obviously, what O'Brien did in elevating Tom Brady in a spot where he was still in the front nine of his career. So I do believe that Bill O'Brien could groom a quarterback, right, could build a quarterback. What I need is Bill Belichick to get the hell out of the way in a lot of ways, right? Bill Belichick, to me, is part of the problem with Mac in terms of just the mental mind games that he's played with him, that he played with him last year. And for as good as he was to Mac in his rookie year and kind of choosing him over Cam and casting Cam aside and saying, like, okay, Mac's our guy in the utmost confidence, he went the opposite direction in year two, right? He made it seem like Bailey Zappi was really more in vogue. So... I think O'Brien can do it, and I think if O'Brien is given the the leeway to do it his own way, I think there could be some success. Then, of course, the Patriots also need to go out and draft and develop other real talent around him because, as we've seen, a lot of times your quarterback is going to be dependent on what's around you, and the Patriots don't have a lot around a quarterback right now. So now another texture gets in and says, I hope the Patriots go 21st century and draft a mobile quarterback with passing traits like Mike Penix. That's true also. I've, I've said that from the start, right? This has been a position of mine for four or five years now. I hope the Patriots' next quarterback has mobility. We see Lamar Jackson. We see when Daniel Jones has been at his best last year, what his mobility has done for him. We've seen what it's done for Russell Wilson. And now when Russell Wilson doesn't have it, you kind of see the shell of himself that he looks. Mobility is a big part of the modern quarterback experience. Yes, I need you to be able to run and scamper for some first downs. I also need you to be able to avoid the rush. And if we're not going to give you great talent that can't get open on its own, I need you to be able to to buy some extra time to allow them to get open, to allow them to separate, to allow them to get away from defensive backs. I hope the Patriots have a mobile quarterback also. They very well may have Mac next year, right? They didn't trade Mac. Don't know that they're going to trade Mac in the offseason. So they very well, I said, I think there's a 60% chance that Mac is the quarterback next year, at least at the start of the season. 
So if Max the guy, better have a good offensive line, better have a good running game, and better figure out how to get two or three wide receivers that are pretty good. It's a lot of work to do in one offseason. But if you are going to move on from Mac or draft Mac's replacement, I do hope that it is a mobile quarterback. This team needs that. This is the NFL today. Right? Look around the NFL. Guys are able to get outside the pocket in a way that Mac Jones just can't. Even a guy like Brock Purdy is more mobile than you think he is. So that's kind of the direction we want the Patriots to go. I do think Bill O'Brien could do it. My big fear, though, is that Bill O'Brien's going to be gone, and we're going to end up with another new offensive coordinator and another another new system in New England. I don't know. If Belichick is back, I think O'Brien's back. But if Belichick gets canned, then it is going to be another quarterback. Is that going to be Or another coordinator. Is that going to be four coordinators in four years for Mac? I don't know. If it's a new guy, then a new quarterback, then okay, everybody's starting fresh. But just the, the lack of coaching continuity the last couple of years has been tough. Um, we are going to get Aaron Deloney on here in a little while, a UBM men's basketball standout. Speaking of basketball, Celtics destroyed the Wizards yesterday. I think 126 to 107, 36 points from Jalen Brown, 33 from Jason Tatum. Danny, I did not watch every minute of this game, right? I went to... I was watching in the second quarter. Celtics were up 30. All of a sudden, Washington goes on a 10-0 run. The half ends a lot closer than it had been four minutes prior. Celtics end up kind of rebounding and winning this one by 19. Great game for Jalen Brown. He had the seven threes in the first half. I think he had 27 points in the first half. Tatum ends up being great throughout, 33 points. Um, did you watch every minute of the game last night? Pretty much, yeah. They blitzed so, them early. There was not much to see after halftime, but it was still fun to see them destroy a team. 42 to 19 was the score at the end of the first quarter. I mean, you talk about starting fast. That's the way you want to start. And then, you know, I know that the, the real back end of the roster guys started to give it away at the end. So the team had to bring back in Peyton Pritchard and try to restabilize things at the point. And, you know, it got a little dicier than it should have at the end, but they ultimately ended up winning by 19. And they Pritchard spoke struggled up, quite a bit, actually. With the pressure? Yeah, he was just trying to create a little bit too much, a little over dribbling, missing shots. So he was clearly frustrated there. Um, they needed a stabilizer to stabilize that bench unit, and it wasn't quite there. They spoke a lot after the game about having a killer instinct, about having a fast start, about getting out in front of teams, about keeping the pedal on the metal. It's all things I like to hear. Um, their next game is against Indiana. They are 3-0 and right now. I like a lot of what I've heard from the Celtics early on, Danny. I like a lot of what I've seen from the Celtics early on, right? Watched the entirety of the opener, watched some of the game uh, on Friday night there against Miami and then watched, you know, like I said, about a quarter of last night's game. When the World Series is on and the Celtics are up by 30, I'm going to go to the World Series every time. Danny, will you watch every minute of every Celtics game regardless of what's happening? Uh, For the most part, yeah. I mean, if they're down by 40 in the fourth quarter, maybe not, but that doesn't happen much. Yeah, you're right. I, I am someone who will watch my team to the end for the most part, right? Like, I've always been a, if you can't handle us at our worst, you don't deserve us at our best kind of guy. And like, whenever my team finally is good, I want to feel like I've earned it. I want to feel like I've been there with them throughout the whole ride. So if the Mariners get down six nothing in the first inning, I will change it in anger, but I'll come back in the fourth and in the seventh and kind of see how things are. And if they've kind of, if it's now six four, then I'll be back in. So I will, I will rage turn off a game in anger but I will very rarely ever give up on it. Football, I'll never give up on. We only give 17 of those things. Seahawks will be on 20 to nothing in the first quarter. I'll watch that thing all the way through. Same with the Patriots. Um, if my team is up big, I'm always going to stick through to the end also. I'll rarely ever turn one of my teams off if I've made a commitment to watch. So, um, 
Text says, how does Belichick get canned unless reports of his contract extension have been debunked? Well, Danny, it's interesting. We got the answer on that. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, says he also thinks that Belichick's contract is only through 2024. If 2024 is indeed a contract year, well, then they have a decision to make after this year. Generally, teams that have decisions to make on coaches do it before the contract year so they don't send their coach into a lame duck year. My assumption is the Patriots would want that as well. And so, I mean, if you look at it, this is a, if this is a two year new deal and not an extension and he signs through 23 and 24, well, you know, then what we're talking about is the Patriots having a decision to make on their coach after this year, it is normal in the NFL to eat a year or two of a coach's contract to get rid of them. So there you go. I mean, that's the answer, right? So just buyout. Well, yeah, you would just, it's not even a buyout. You just pay him. You just pay him not to coach. That's it. I mean, he just gets the last year of his contract. Um, there will be buyouts potentially if you're talking about like three or four years on a guy's contract. Well, they'll say, okay, hey, we owe you 12. What if we give you seven and call it a day? Because you know, the way it works is – this is kind of tangential to the argument, but, like, so let's say Bill Belichick gets fired with one year left on his contract, right? He's under contract with the Patriots for 2024. If he wants to coach somewhere else, then the Patriots do not have to pay him, right? Because, like, he's voiding the contract with the Patriots, and he's taking a contract from somewhere else. He's not going to get paid twice. So when you start seeing a guy that has three years left on his contract – they might be like, well, look, I could sit around and do nothing and just collect all the money, but I'd like to get out and coach again, right? Like I think about a guy who, say you're a young coach, you're 45 years old, and you get fired. You're like, well, I want to rebuild my career, right? I could sit around for three years and collect paychecks, but then I'm not doing anything. Let me get back in the game right away. Let me go be a coordinator. And, okay, yeah, you owe me three years and $8 million. You know what? Just give me two and a half and let me go out out of my contract to let me go coach again. Then that way everybody's happy. The team who fired me saves money. I still get some money, and I'm getting new money because I have a new contract. So um, it's not necessarily a buyout in Belichick's case, right? If he wants to coach next year, not the Patriots, then, yeah, there'd have to be some kind of settlement there to get out of the Patriots' contract and the money owed. But if the Patriots just want to get rid of him, they can't, right? They'd only be eating one year potentially. So, um Ian Rappaport said it's a hefty multi-year extension. Both Tom Curran and Albert Breer have said they think it's only through 2024. And if that's the case, then, yeah, the Patriots can get rid of Belichick fairly easily at the end of the year. Um, and I think that is possible, right? I think that is possible, especially now that they've kept their team mostly intact. This team should be good enough to win a handful of games, right? I, they should, you look at it, they should win seven games by the end of the year. They should beat Washington. They should beat Indy. They should beat the Jets again and with Zach Wilson. And they should beat the Giants. That would get them to six. And maybe Denver, right? Like, could you get to seven wins? This roster now being kept intact should do that. If they win four, well, then I think it would be a clear massive disappointment. If they win all seven, maybe, Bell, maybe Robert Kraft looks at it and says, okay, like, there's still something here. But I do think that is a possibility that Bill Belichick – Gets fired at the end of the year. Brady Farkas Show, 802-585-3026. Um, <laughs> funny text here. Uh, who cares about contracts you need to win? Well, okay, contracts do matter. So, uh, all right. 
we got Aaron Deloney, UVM men's basketball star. First of our player conversations with AD and Emma Underback throughout the year. Our Cats chat talking UVM hoops. AD with us next on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. I am pumped for so many reasons, right? First, we've got UVM men's basketball starting their season here, coming up inside, you know, just over a week from now. They kicked off their exhibition season on Saturday with a win against Catholic, 85-59. to They're going to take on St. Michael's College tomorrow night over at Patrick Gym, and then they'll get ready to do the real thing November 6th, I believe, against Merrimack. Every single Tuesday at this time, from now until the end of the season, we're going to be talking Catamount Hoops. Every other week, Aaron Deloney is going to join us from the men's team. Every other week, Emma Utterback is going to join us from the women's team. We want to highlight both programs. They're both excellent programs. They both went to the tournament last year. And both Aaron and Emma are fantastic players, and they are the leaders of their respective rosters. So with that, I want to go out to the phone line and bring on Aaron Deloney from the Catamount Men's Hoops team. He's a preseason all-conference selection. He's a two-time America East Sixth Man of the Year. He is the leader of the Cats, and he's with us now. AD, appreciate you doing this, and uh, we're looking forward to it, man. How are you? Yes, sir, man. I'm excited, man. Thank, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad we got it started. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You guys kicked off the exhibition slate this weekend with a win over Catholic. You scored in double figures, shot it well from three. You're going to take on St. Mike's tomorrow. Let me ask you this. You know, I, I went to college when Syracuse lost to Division II Lemoyne in the exhibition game. We saw Louisville lose yesterday to a D2 yeah. team. What's the mindset like playing a D2 team, a D3 team? You're supposed to win. You're supposed to win right. big. Is it nerve-wracking at all? Uh, no, I wouldn't say nerve-wracking. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on you just because you 100% have to win that game. Um, and the other team always has has nothing to lose at all. So they're going in, playing hard as they possibly can. They might get hot, make a ton of shots. Um, but I don't think it's nerve-wracking. Uh, it's a good opportunity to go out there and really work on your stuff as a team and kind of see uh, see what you're about. You guys won that game by 26. Ultimately, what did you like about what you saw from this group the first time it was together on the court? Our, I think our depth was there. Um, even though it was just the first game, you, we, we saw flashes from, from each and every single player. Um, they did at least a couple good things out there. Um, I think our offense was pretty well. Defensively, we got to clean some things up, but I think everybody that touched the court did something positive, at least that we could look at and, and grow from that. For you over the course of an off season, I'm always interested in this. Are, are you more looking to work on something new and add something new to your game? Or are you looking to just continue to be good at the things you're already good at? Uh, it's definitely a little bit of both. Um, I think as, as years go on, um, definitely just sharpening iron is important, but also you do something good one year you go into the next year, other teams might take that away. So kind of working on counters to, to um, what people might think you're used to is important as well. So I, I definitely shoot in the off season all the time just to just to keep that sharp because that's I think one of the most important things in basketball. And also just working on uh, how I can get free on and off the ball, being like a smaller guard too. So I also impressed, despite you know you being a smaller guy, your willingness and ability to go into the lane and get to the hoop. Have you always had that, or is that something new that you've added in the last couple of years? 
No, I think I think I've always done it. I think adding weight obviously helps um, year in and year out. But when I'm on the court, I honestly don't I don't feel small at all and, <laughs> until I go back and watch the tape. Uh, I see that I'm smaller, but I, I feel like I'm the size of everybody else out there when I play. So that, that's kind of the mentality and mindset I gotta have. What's the look you're gonna have this year? Are you gonna be changing it up all the time? I've seen the cornrows. I've seen the hair out. I've been doing it all, man. I, I wanted to cut it, but I like the hair too much. Um, so I might, I'm gonna try to keep it in cornrows, keep it in some different braid styles, uh, from here, here and there. But if I get tired of it, I might just cut it too. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I remember the story in the American East tournament a couple of years. Steph Smith's mom came and did his braids, and then he went off for like 30. You got to go to good luck hair person. Yeah, for sure. My girl out here, uh, she always gets us right with braids. She braids a couple other guys <laughs> on the team. So shout out to her for sure. We're talking with Aaron Deloney, UVM men's basketball standout with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. What does your offseason look like? You're from the West Coast. Do you spend a lot of time in Oregon? How long are you out here? Kind of what's the offseason look like for you? Yeah, definitely. So whenever we're able to go home uh, in the in the summer or whenever, you know, school ends, I try to go back to the West Coast as long as I can. Um, and for, like, the first week, I just completely decompress. I don't watch any basketball. I don't <laughs> touch the ball. And it's just like a week, though, Lou. I just spend time with my family, hang out with my brother. And then as soon as that week is over, I'm in the gym lifting. Probably I just do, like, two days, honestly, then take, like, a day off every week. So I'm in the gym, shooting, working on stuff, try to get my brother in there as much as I can with me. My dad and him will, like, rebound for me all the time. Um, and then I'll hit the weights, like, later in the day or something, then do the same thing throughout the whole week, so. Are you a guy who likes to watch a lot of other basketball, or are you a guy who just likes to play basketball? No, I love watching basketball. Outside of playing, that's what I do the most. Um, I'm always watching NBA games, college games, old games. Throwback games are my favorite. Um, mm. So I'll just go to YouTube when I'm bored and just watch, like, an old game. I love watching, like, Brandon Roy, old highlights when we played for the Blazers, old, like, 2012, OKC, like, just – just throwbacks that are really fun to watch and kind of see how, like, basketball's changed, too, uh, over the time. Who is your NBA squad that you like to watch the most? Now I can say Milwaukee because my guy Dame is there. Yeah. But L.A., too, I love LeBron and A.D. Um, but anytime the NBA game is on, I'll watch it, so I like him. So I'm a Celtics fan. Well, so I used to be a Sonics fan because I actually grew up in Seattle, so I used to be a okay. Sonics fan. And when they got taken away, I ditched the NBA for a while because I was too hurt. Now now that I'm here, I've adopted the Celtics. I'm also big on the Sacramento Kings, though. So yeah, He's got a great squad. De'Aaron Fox is leading them very well. They, they got a really – and they're deep, too. They got a good squad. So Kevin Herter, their starting uh, point guard – or uh, shooting guard, rather, was my brother's high school teammate for three years. His parents lived down the street from mine. So I'm a Herter fan. And De'Aaron Fox reminds me a lot of Dylan Penn. I made that I made that last year, that comparison yeah. a lot. Do you see a little D- Dylan sure. Penn and De'Aaron Fox? Definitely. Strong left, quick, quick as lightning can get, can get to the rim easy. Got that nice floater game. So definitely <laughs> – Talk to me about some of the new guys, right? We focused a lot on you. We focused a lot on Matt Verretto, the guys that we know. Guy who I have not seen play yet, but I'm excited to see play for the first time, is Jackson Skipper. Heard a lot about him last year, red-shirted. Tell me a little bit about Jackson Skipper and why I should be excited. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's so versatile. He can play literally the one through four. In practice, we'll have him doing four reps and then point guard reps. Um, and he can do both. He just, you know, needs some more reps. Obviously, he hasn't played a college season yet, being that he red-shirted. Um, 
but he's he's so long defensively. He's super disruptive. Um, and being like a six seven lanky wing, like that's like a, a NBA body, you know. Yeah. So when you have that on your college team, and he's so young too, he's literally a freshman. Um, being that he redshirted, he can shoot the ball. He's got great uh, touch at the rim. Can dunk on you uh, <laughs> when he's in that mode. So he kind he kind of just does it all out there. Um, but like I said, he's young, and obviously he needs some more reps, like in game. Um, needs some more time, but he he's gonna be special for sure. Speaking of can dunk on you, I was watching the video of O'Leary the other day uh, that got put out on social media. You know, catches a backdoor cut from Matt Verretto, throws it down in the lane. Now he's hitting threes as I'm listening to that game against Catholic the other day. How much of an improvement, how good has he gotten over the offseason? Crazy. I think he's made the biggest jump that I've seen uh, in college from from uh, a year. Um, he's, I mean, he came back a whole a whole different player. Um, last year, like he wouldn't, I think just because he was newer, like he wouldn't really talk much. He wouldn't really like try to really go at guys. But now in practice, he's he's on people's head. He's he's taking them down, letting them know, letting them know <laughs> that he's that he's scoring on them. Uh, but yeah, he, he he added a three ball to his game. That's been really good. I think he's like forty percent in all of practice. Um, so we'll definitely see that more this year in games. Um, and the dunks are just, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He just floats to the basket. It's like he's not even jumping hard, but he's literally up there floating, and he just throws it down to the last minute. And I think he'll catch a lot of bodies this year, man. He he went home, really worked on his game, and uh, he's got something to prove this year. Are you going to throw a dunk down at a game? I saw your, I saw a video in the yeah, offseason. Yeah, yeah. I know you can <laughs> do it, but are you going to do it in a game? If the opportunity presents itself, I'll, I'll definitely try. I think I think my closest bet of getting one is maybe somebody shoots a three. I don't get boxed out, and I and I luckily just oh. tip it in. I I would love to see that. That's for sure. Uh, tomorrow against St. Mike's, what are you looking? What what are we looking to accomplish tomorrow? Uh, just another win. We want to have growth from our first exhibition game. I think on the defensive end. Um, and it's a good chance for us because they play zone to work on our zone offense. Um, we won't really see it too much during the season, but um, it, it is a good chance just in case it does happen to work on some zone plays. Um, but defensively, I think we just got to button up some more stuff that uh, we didn't really do well at the first game. And um, it's another opportunity for newer guys, transfers, freshmen, um, to get some more reps just in a, in a real live game setting. So looking forward to that for sure. We've talked a lot about the schedule, right? And last year's schedule was crazy. Not only good teams, but a lot of travel weren't really home a lot for the entire month of November. This year, a lot more regionalized. You're going to be around a lot more. Yeah. How big an impact did the travel have last season, right? You guys started slow and I was starting to think like, you know, I just, you probably, probably didn't even practice that much because every day you're either playing a game or you're on a plane. So how yeah. much different and more helpful is this year's schedule going to be? Yeah, I think I think it'll be way better for us mentally um, and physically. Um, you know, when you're traveling that much, like you said, you don't have much time to practice. You're either um, on a bus, on a plane, walking somewhere. Um, so it definitely took a toll on us last year. Um, I think there was one game where we were all saying, like, our like, we couldn't move our legs. Like, mm-hmm. it was really bad. Um, I think it was the Iona game. Um, it kind of felt like we were in quicksand out there. Yeah. I think that right we played in Cali. And then yes. playing overnight to go play there. So yeah, it was it was obviously fun traveling, like seeing all those different places. But <clears throat> when it comes to playing basketball through all that, um, it kind of will get to you at some point. So 
our schedule this year, I think, is way better for us. We won't have to worry about the physical aspects of that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely looking to get some more wins this year and have a better record early. Aaron Deloney, UVM men's basketball standout with us here in the Brady Farkas show on DEV. Get you out of here on a couple rapid fire questions. It is Halloween. Are you a Halloween guy or no? Yeah, for sure. I, we usually celebrate as a team together, dress up, take a, take a group pick. So any good costumes coming later tonight? Do we know, do we know who's doing what? Uh, we kind of, we kind of did our thing Saturday just to okay. feel an actual Halloween, but we, there were some good ones. <laughs> there were some really good ones out there actually. What'd you go as? I was Chucky. Red hair. I'm, yeah, I'm good with that. So I'm, I'm, you can, I'm, I'll pass on that. Are you a scary movie guy? Yeah, I love scary movies. Psychological horror or like slasher movie? Both. Yeah, I'm done with that too. I don't like either of them. Well, psychological horror I'm good with. Slasher, blood yeah. I have no time for. So. I like them all. Um, best Halloween candy. If it was in your bag, what were you most happy about? Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Easy. That's a good choice. Uh, Starburst and, uh, pink Starburst and Skittles though was the number one for me. Yeah, I like Starburst. My favorite is yellow. Uh, unpopular take, but I like yellow. Definitely an unpopular take, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll forgive you for that. We'll invite you back in two weeks. So AD, man, we appreciate it. Emma Utterback, you're going to be with us from the women's team next week. AD with us in two Tuesdays from now. AD, have a great Halloween tonight. Good luck tomorrow. We look forward to catching up in two weeks. We'll be talking about the start of the regular season. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. See you next time. Absolutely. There goes Aaron Deloney, UVM men's basketball standout, preseason all-conference player, sixth man of the uh, of the year twice in the America East, and really is going to be a, a, I mean, a certainly a leader for this team, but a leader on the court as well. A lot of new faces. I think eight new players on this UVM hoops roster, right? T.J. Long, a guy who we really like, 17 points the other day. He's a transfer in from Fairfield. Uh, the, the, the sky continues to be the limit on the hype for Leary Iofalia because I am so pumped to see him play in person for the first time this year, even see him play on TV for the first time in person, right? These exhibition games are not aired on any kind of streaming or on TV. All the games are on ESPN plus, but the exhibitions are not. So been, I've listened to a lot of the game against Catholic. I will listen again tomorrow against St. Mike's, but, uh, you know, to, to see Leary what he can do, with that athleticism at that height, his ability to rebound, block shots, and defend, I don't think will be a question. If he can go and score, especially now from the outside, it's going to be a game changer for this Catamount Hoops team. Again, they'll take on St. Mike's tomorrow. We will come and put a wrap on the show next on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show right here at WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. A reminder to all of you who are out on the road right now, drive safe, avoid trick-or-treaters, slow down, use your brights if you have to, um, you know, in certain spots, obviously, uh, continue to be safe out there. Danny, I know as you've become more a part of this show, you're doing a little less with Vermont Viewpoint, but you're still pretty involved with Vermont Viewpoint in a lot of ways. So you talk to Kevin Ellis a lot. Uh, can you ask Kevin what the hell's going on? I thought I was going to be on last week on Friday. I was sitting by my phone waiting for his call. I didn't get one. Did he was change I, the schedule on you? Was I bumped without even being told? Man, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him that one. So Kevin Ellis, who I love, I hope he's listening to this. He he's not. Me. I hope so. Why do we mean no? 
He's uh he's on his way to DC, I believe. Oh, well, as I said, we listen to him. He doesn't listen to us. Yeah, I think he tries. So he emailed me last Monday. He was like, "Hey, let's get you on the show." He's like, "Hey, can Wednesday work or Friday?" I'm like, "Yeah, Friday works." Ten thirty. He told me he was all excited to get Brady on the show. Then he I never you. got I never got even a confirmation from him. So then I sat and waited by my phone for him to call at ten thirty. No call. Kevin's what are we get doing here? Together. I don't know. I'm gonna have to Daddy, ask him that one. You know, I'm not the executive producer for him, but uh, you know, well, that's that's uh, you still are bad integral, host etiquette. You're integral in his podcast ho- uh, posting and integral in his. Well, that's his personal podcast, but yes, yes. No, I mean you put up the Vermont Viewpoint podcast. That is true. So that's what I'm saying. But I, like, I don't book his guests, so well. Um, he needs a Google calendar or something. He does. He does. He probably he had open a... phone lines for the half hour I was supposed to be he on. He probably did. Thinking he didn't have anything. He didn't realize he was supposed to have me. And here I am waiting. A watch pot never boils. We're going to send him this segment. Yeah. Tell him, hey, listen from, uh, you know, 653 to 656 here. And how do you, uh, speak for yourself here? So, I don't think he'll be able to defend himself either. I don't think he will. I mean, again, I was waiting. Had my headphones ready and everything. He's a big sports my... guy for people that don't know. Kevin's a great sports guy, but he used to coach high school basketball somewhere around here. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, and he knows the games. He just needed to do better at telling me if I was on the show or not. I had no idea. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Aaron Deloney for stopping by. That interview available already on our podcast channel at Apple Podcast, Spotify, and WDEVRadio.com. So Emma Utterback will be with us next Tuesday tomorrow. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on, right? Freddie, TC. I think maybe Buster's going to get in tomorrow as well because I don't know that he can talk Thursday because he's traveling with the World Series. So we'll see how tomorrow looks when tomorrow gets here. I got to figure it out. Have a safe and happy Halloween, everybody. See you tomorrow on DEV.